Welcome back. Here we are. So let's talk about God. It's what we do. My mic. We're here to talk about God. I enjoy doing this, don't you? I do. But I've messed myself up. Here we go. I'm going to have to change my headphones. What what have you done? Well, the cord was on the left side. Oh, you, you crossed up there. You got crossed up. But it's, I mean, the headphone says left, but there's no need for all that. Well, the the, the board is on your right. Yeah, so. You need the cord on the right. I don't think it actually matters. I don't think it does either. I How think could it, that possibly matter? I think they put left, right on there for OCD people. It's just like, <laughs> just because. <laughs> you know, they say everybody has a little OCD. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm a psychopath in some ways. You, you're OCD about some things. Like germs or something. What is Not it? Germs. What is it? That it's you, uh, it's like food, like undercooked food or expired food. That's it. Expired food is your thing. I can't do it. Milk. If the milk says that it's a day old, it's out. Evan, it's gone. You smell it. No, I don't care. They have to put a date. That doesn't mean that. I don't even. I it doesn't even matter. Okay. It's the worst. No, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of like getting a vomiting sickness. Because the 24-hour bug is bad enough, but at least you know it's 24 hours. But you get food sickness, and you don't know how long you're yakking. E. coli, salmon, salmonella. Yeah, I mean. That gets you good. Get you wide up at the hospital with that. Usually, though, if you get it, if you just get it out of your system, then you're okay. Usually. So, I don't want to find out. <laughs> also, like, you, you probably messed me up. Chewing ice, picking at your fingernails, that kind of stuff just sends me over the edge. Yeah. Those are yeah. I I can't stand a rattle. I can't stand yeah. That it's just oh, it's like <laughs> my dog has this thing now, Bodie, where when I'm eating, like sometimes I'll eat in the den and watch TV. Yeah, and he sits there and he does this wheezing through his nose, and he's doing it on purpose. <laughs> He's doing it on. It's purpose. a wheezing that he does, and it's he's trying to get my attention to give him something. You could take nails on a chalkboard. I've run him out of the room before. I mean, I had literally got up and chased him out of the room. It's just bad. <laughs> I wish I wasn't this way. I I don't I don't know if you can fix this though. Is there any amount of therapy that yes, can just make it? You need cognizant therapy cognizant cognizant cognitive behavior there it is therapy. that's what i'm looking for i kept trying to find the word <laughs> i don't know i mean maybe maybe i do maybe i need professional everybody though they say is ocd about something mm-hmm. like i found now that you know the man thing i taught you guys this both both my sons is every night the man's the man's job is to go around and check all the doors before you go to bed make make sure your doors are locked don't assume it and I've gotten out where I go back and I'm having to fight double checking. I do that. Do you, you made me a double checker. I don't do. I just started that. I will literally. I'm not kidding. I will. My doors are always locked, 24 hours a day. But I will go pull at the handle, walk away, and then I will have severe amnesia. Like you would think there's something wrong with me, and I got to go back. And I'm like, I haven't done anything. I've done nothing, and I'm like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's locked yeah, or not. That's that is obsessive compulsive <laughs> like disorder right there. You and I both, it. I've done it. I admit it. I, I, well, you know, we have a mutual friend who they have video at their house. Remember that? And the two guys were at their house mm-hmm, messing with mm-hmm. the outside cameras, pulling on the doors. It's terrifying. I have that image in my head of watching that video. 
Yeah. I and so now ready. we're going to miss everybody. Uh, we're going to make gonna be every listener is paranoid. In. Like it would probably scare you people if you knew that there has probably been a time when somebody has been outside your house at night, maybe Just checking it out, maybe trying to get in, pulling at your door handles. You know that's happened on your vehicle. <laughs> okay, we, we're glad to encourage you. I'm not one time. I have these neighbors, and I'm I'm going to stay Christ like, but they are very rude <laughs> to us sometimes, and they decided to ding dong ditch us after midnight. And I was ready to go. Elizabeth had the presence of mind that said it's our neighbors pulling a prank. I was ready to go. Like, I thought, all right, like, it's game on. This is what it's all led up to. This is what you've been training for. You have a concealed I'm, weapon permit. And I didn't you have are to packing. conceal it at my house. Yeah, you're, you're I, it packing. Was revealed I revealed and ready to go. Yeah, I know you. Because I'm asleep. So, like, I just hear a doorbell, and I think, like, these people are testing to see if we're home, and they're going to break in. And then we realized it was them. Yeah. Now we have cameras. And thankfully, they're not dependent on our house's electricity. So they'll stay on regardless. And then it goes to my phone. It's not, I don't, I don't know. Is this just to put everybody into fear? Is that the point of this episode? Uh, it's not on fear. So just so you know. Uh, well, what I hope <laughs> is that we can move past this and give people something <laughs> encouraging today. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it had to be something. I won. I got oh. the pun in. Gosh, uh, I'm I'm very hopeful about <laughs> the, the the direction that we're about to go. Just keep going. I don't, I'm out. I'm fresh out. You're fresh now. Out. I'm just thinking about people breaking into my house and my OCD. We'll just have to stop this recording right now, and you're going to have to check your phone, make sure nobody's uh, yeah, make outside. sure nobody's home. I know, like I get an Arlo. It's called Arlo notification every five seconds that someone has just. Basically, if a car drives on my street, it dings me that someone's at my front door, and I will check it religiously. Uh, I know it's just a car, but what if it's not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, see, that's the problem. With, we got too much technology. I know we got too much stuff, and there's too much. And you, yeah, you can't live with fear. You just, but uh, you know, you're like me. I'd, I'd pity the fool. That's my saying. My little Mister T saying, "I pity the fool who would ever break into my house." And, I'm just ready to go. Which is with a lot of my friends. I'd pity the fool who'd break in because it, it, they would, they would, they might come in, but they ain't going. They'll carry them out. They may walk in, but they'll carry them out. So, That's true. But anyway, God forbid that ever happens. This is also I, not an episode on self defense. No. How do we get down this road? I don't know. I think we started talking about being OCD and then the lock in the doors, which is which is hilarious. We have the gift of rabbit trail. We really need to stop. We're seven minutes. I feel like I'm gonna have to put in the in the like description like actual topic starts at seven minutes and six seconds. Okay, so let's talk today. <laughs> We're doing this series on faith, hope, and love. Last series we did faith. Yeah, that's right. Great, great podcast. Uh, if you haven't you haven't heard it, you got to go hear it. And today we're going to talk about hope. Mm-hmm. Next one, we're going to talk about love, love, which we get from 1 Corinthians 13. They are fundamental to the Christian walk. They're an integral part. If you're a believer, they're an integral part of your life. That's right. And we need to talk about it. And they were, they're all kind of interconnected. So we hope that you'll connect the dots. We do hope. Oh! We do hope. Are we going to do this the whole episode? I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. All right. Give us your 30-second definition. What is Christian hope? Okay. So what I have is this. It's the trustful expectation 
of the fulfillment of God's promise. Mine's basically the same thing. Hope is the expectation or belief in the fulfillment of something, specifically the promises of God. Okay, that's it. And here's here's another one. It is the anticipation of a favorable outcome under God's guidance. That's good. Yeah, and then my simple one is this. It's confidently waiting on God to come through for you. Hmm. How about that? That's really good. I like that. Just confidently waiting on God to come mm-hmm. through. He's coming through. It's just it's not if, it's when. So I would say hope and faith work together. Faith, like we talked about, is directed at the character of God, and it's directed at his promises, but it, it reaches back. So we have faith in who God is and what he said that he's already done and is doing. Hope seems to be directed primarily at the future, the promises of God that he will fulfill that we cling to in faith. Yeah, I don't know. Would that be a good distinction? Yeah, I I can't remember if you said it in your notes or if I read it because we do a lot of prep for these podcasts, but somebody said it, and if it was you, I'll give you credit. Um, that faith is deals primarily with the past and present. Hope deals with the future. Yeah. So that was I thought that was a very simple way to put it. Is is faith is trusting in God, what He's done. If He's done for others, He'll do it for me. That's kind mm-hmm. of a faith thing. Yeah. Um, and then faith is I believe He can do it for me now. And it's not like then that you that faith stops and hope begins. It's a bit more complicated. Yes. You continue to trust God. Yeah. Throughout until. But the faith then segues to a hope. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm trusting and believing that what I'm having faith for, it's going to come. And like mm-hmm. I said, it's not it's not if, it's when it comes. That's good. And uh, and and again, this is not a worldly hope because if if you in a secular a secular version of hope is wishful thinking. It's not idealism. I bought a lottery ticket. I hope I win today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, boy, I hope that um, that girl over there will look at me and maybe she'll go out with me, you know, if you're, if you're single, whatever. It, it, it's just wishful thinking or mm-hmm. or an optimistic outlook. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a half, a glass half full kind of person. That's my, my personality, almost to a fault. And I'm always hopeful. I'm always looking for the best. Mm-hmm. I, I talked about in the last episode where I where I hurt my knee, and uh, I was I, before I got to the doctor, I, I was going to the doctor, but I already looked up all this stuff, and I'm like, okay, I'm just hoping it's it's just a, this, and it's not this, and you know, yeah. I was hopeful. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, yeah, I got an MRI and found out it was a whole lot worse, but it could have been worse because mm-hmm. I, I thought my MC, they thought my MCL was torn some, but it wasn't. So. But again, that's just kind of a optimistic outlook. But that's that's an either or. It's hope is not hope is a Christian hope is grounded in 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 reality. It's grounded in something, someone. God's stable. reality. That's right. God's reality. You got to say that it's God's reality, mm-hmm. and God's reality is certain. That's right. Where human reality is not. It's mm-hmm. more given to chance and, and consequence and circumstance, et cetera, and coincidence. So, yeah, we need to understand that today, that this is a very, very powerful thing. It rests on God's promises. And you cannot, let me just say this, tell me what you think. You cannot have hope without a promise of something to come. Yeah. Like we talked about with faith, 
hope in the same way is not rooted in our desires or our wants. It's rooted in the promises of God. It's hoping not that I would do something or that the universe would work out. It's hoping that God will do what he said he will do. Can you have hope if you don't have a promise? It's a vain hope or a pointless hope. I mean, how how can you, unless something is stated to you that creates an expectation, why would you even hope? Exactly. It's it's more. It's nothing more than wishful thinking, and it's not a true comfort. So I think just as faith flows out of divine revelation, hope mm-hmm. flows out of divine and is sustained by divine revelation. That's right. And this is where faith and hope work together, because my faith is in the character and the promises of God. And we could say, though faith does extend into the future, it's very much in the present and the past. My hope is rooted in what God has done in the past and what he has done in the present and who I have faith in who he is in his present character. So my future is dependent on who God is and who he has been and in what he has done. It's not rooted in my own just wishful thinking or desires. Exactly. That would be kind of the interplay between faith and hope. So I, uh, uh, you know, it kind of makes me uh, think of that song we always sing at Easter, you know, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. So the point is I'm looking back because he lives, I can look forward. I can face tomorrow. You can be hopeful in a general sense. That's right. So it's not only specifically oriented where I have a, I have a promise. I've, I've prayed this prayer. I'm basing it on a promise, and I'm hoping for God to do what he said he would do. But it's also I have a life. You know how we said the just shall live by faith? Mm-hmm. Even though it's not in the Bible, would it be fair to say that the just shall live by hope as well? Because I would say because faith and hope work together. You have yeah, to. Yes and no, yes and no. Yeah, it's the same difference. I'd say, it's not the same difference, but it is in a sense. No, I think it. I think it's yes. Yeah. I think that the just shall live by hope. I mean, if you're going to have faith, you got to have hope because mm-hmm. they work together. Yeah, and Certainly. Because you, you didn't talk about Abraham, who's the father of faith. I found a passage. Um, it, it says that... Um, is this in Romans? Yeah, Romans hope, 4. Hope against hope. Yeah, who contrary to hope in hope believed. Yeah, that's good. So see, I mean, they go together. The father of faith had hope. hope. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it was contrary to hope. That's good. Contrary to earthly hope. Mm. Like he had no hope. There was no chance mm-hmm. that he and Elizabeth were going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. She was past childbearing Sarah. years. I mean, Sarah. She was, she was past childbearing years. It was a biological impossibility. Mm-hmm. So he could hope all he wants from a worldly point of view. It ain't happening. Yeah. Okay. The plumbing ain't working. All yeah. right. But then God fixed the plumbing and supernaturally enabled them. And that's why it's a miracle child. And who Isaac was a miracle child who mm-hmm. was a type or symbol of Jesus Christ. And so when he got the promise, though, that he would have a seed and a nation, well, you can't have a nation until you first have a son. That's right. So he grabbed hold of that. In faith and in hope, contrary to worldly hope, said, oh, I'm believing this is going to happen. And sure enough. That's not a picture of Christian hope. I don't know what is. 
Contrary to worldly hope, I still hope. Yeah, and that's why people say, you know, why are you still believing? People are praying, I still believe. I'm trusting mm-hmm. God. I'm, there's something that I can see that you can't see. Mm-hmm. I'm trusting the Lord. That's good. Yeah, and then God gets the glory out of it. Well, let's go like we always do. Uh, that, that's kind of a perfect transition. Let's look at hope in the Old Testament and then hope in the New Testament. So the Old Testament hope was primarily in the promise that God made to Abraham, Genesis 12, 1 through 3, to make them a great nation, and that through his seed to bless the nations. So if you read the Old Testament, the whole, I mean, the whole, the whole thing, the entire thing is God promising Abraham's descendants, I'm going to bring you into this land called the promised land. Give a peace and rest from your enemies. You're going to bless the nations, and I'm going to give you tons of ancestors, more more than the sand, uh, more than the stars in the sky. Like, I'm going to give you a ton. That is the whole point of the Old Testament. So we're constantly waiting in this hope that God would bring us in the land, and then when Israel sins and is exiled from the land, we're constantly in this hope that God would bring them back. And so it's hope, 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 hope. God promised we don't see it, but we believe that he will. And I'm going to take it a step further uh, because then even deeper in entrenched in the Old Testament, because I think that's surface level or contextual. It's broad. It's broad. I think that creates the context for that thin red line of Jesus that runs all the way from Genesis to Revelation mm-hmm. is that 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 context is created with Israel so that David would be king and the seed of David, which would be the the, the line of David, which from which Jesus would come, who was prophesied all the way back Mm -hmm. in Genesis in the Proto-Evangelium. I've used that word twice in two episodes. Um, In in, in the promise of the seed that would crush the Satan's head, which Mm -hmm. was Jesus, and that Jesus would come. But how's he going to get here? Well, God says, I'm Mm -hmm. going to call Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the children of Israel, create this nation, create a context for this. I mean, where did Jesus show up? He came as a Jew, born in Bethlehem Mm -hmm. in Israel. Yeah, it's there. The the hope of the Messiah, the hope of the new covenant, the hope of the the Holy Spirit, the hope of all that is within that context of the kingdom, of God God promising, I will be your God and you will be my people, and God is going to bring that to fulfillment. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's all about hope. All about hope. They're looking forward to the future, for a future accomplishment with expectation. That's right. What's what's so cool is they looked forward, we look backward. That's right. We've got the advantage that we we look backward. Even as we still look forward. (laughs) Even as we still look forward. That's right. Malachi 3.7 says, return to me and I will return to you. So even in their their faithlessness, God is still faithful. Jeremiah 14.8 describes God as the hope of Israel, its savior in time of distress. Uh, We talked about there's a hope for the Messiah. God promises in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7 to David, you will always have uh, one of your uh, uh, descendants on the throne. The Davidic covenant. Psalm 130, uh, verses 7 through 8 says, O Israel, wait for Yahweh, for with Yahweh there is loyal love, and with him there is abundant redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all of its iniquities. Similar to faith, which is rooted in the character of God, the hope, the waiting on Yahweh is rooted in his character. Because in Yahweh, there's loyal love or a faithful love, and there's abundant redemption. The reason I have hope that God will fulfill his promises is because I know who my God is. You try and sit on... Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I and you haven't read it yet, but you said he has promised to be faithful. I, I just, boom, light bulb for me. Mm-hmm. 
is, you know, our listeners may be saying, okay, y'all keep talking about we got hope, we got hope, we got hope. Yeah, because God, and we talked the last episode about faith. Yeah, because God is faithful. It's kind of, we missed the obvious. Yeah. Is how can I have this faith in God? Because God is faithful. It's kind of like when somebody tells you, uh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be there at six. Their promise to you is I'll be there at six. But there's those people that you're like, all right, we got to get ready. They're going to be here, you know, even earlier. They're on time. They say what they mean. And there's other folks that you kind of roll your eyes because you know they've told you they'll be there at 6, 14 times, and they're always there at 6.45. It's one thing to make a promise. It's one thing to have the character and the history to back up that promise. We have faith in God, not just because of his, because of his promise, but because of his character and his faithfulness in the past yeah, and in who he is. I can depend on him yeah. because he's dependable. Yeah. <laughs> It kind of sounds like uh, I can trust yeah. in him because he's trustworthy. That's right. See what I'm saying? That's right. Uh, and so you you hit the nail on the head. We didn't even talk about it in the last episode, but but it it fits here. That's why I said this fits. How can I trust God? Because you can. He's not a man that he should lie. <laughs> yeah, that's he's right. not going to lie to you and say I'll be there at six and not show up, mm-hmm. or I'm going to he whatever. He's he's given these promises. In fact, it's literally incapable for him to be unfaithful. Exactly. Is it? I can't remember. Is it Paul who says, or it's either Paul or Peter in the New Testament? He says, Paul. Uh, even even when we're faithless, God is still faithful. God remains faithful. That's what it says. He can't deny himself. Yeah. If we deny him, he cannot deny himself. If we if if we are faithless, he remains faithful. That's, That's right. Paul said that. Yep. So our hope is rooted in who God is. So so do y'all see why we're talking about faith, hope, and love? Is is just this outflow of the very mm-hmm. character of God, and why we're saying it's so centrifugal mm-hmm. to everything you're going to do as a believer, as a born-again Christian, is you walk this walk of faith, and you, and you got to have hope. Look, have you ever met anybody that they say they're a person of faith, and I'm doing my little air quotes yeah. over the podcast? Can y'all see that? There's my air quotes. I'm, I'm holding him in front of the microphone. I don't know if it's coming through. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, and then something happens, something bad happens. They pray a prayer. God says no. Because God can say no, mm-hmm. but they take it as denial. They take it as failure on God's part, yeah. and then they just explode and they go viral against God. And they're they're God's not real, or God doesn't love me, or God doesn't care, or God didn't answer my prayer, and they're just they're, it's all ah God, you know. They're just yeah. they're just mad, and it's like, um, w- 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 hold on a minute. You know, you when you got saved, the point was for you to to trust him, and sometimes he's going to tell you no. Yeah, you know, but you're, you're but the point is, you can't just shipwreck your faith just because of one thing. God has been faithful to you time after time after time after time after time, and just because you don't get something that you wanted, doesn't mean that you say, "Ah, oh, bad God." You know, he's such yeah. a bad God, very bad God. You know, <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. And no, God is faithful, and our response should be whatever he decides. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's wait, and sometimes he'll tell me no. Mm-hmm. I have to just say, that's okay. I trust you, and I'm still going to trust you. And when the next thing comes along, I'm going to hope because, God, you're God. You got it. You're in control. Yeah. It's it's rooted in knowing who God is and who we are, that we are finite, 
that our flesh is still sinful, that we don't know everything. Our knowledge is limited. That's right. Our wisdom is only goes so far. We are created. He is uncreated. I mean, that it's it's recognizing that creator creature distinction and going, we are totally different. And I'm on the lesser end here. And so I'm going to cast my faith and my hope in him, though I can't even understand it. You ever heard that country song, Thank God for Unanswered Prayers? Yeah. yeah. I mean, somebody got it. Uh-huh. You know, it's just thank God he didn't answer that prayer. Because, yeah. boy, if he had, my life would be miserable. Yeah, that's right. Because I didn't know better. That's right. So that's what I'm saying. He's faithful. He loves us. He cares for us. And we can trust him. And, and, and so we can live a life mm-hmm. of God's going to take care of me. Every day, hope. Every day should be a day of hope that that everything's, you know, God's in control. That's I'm, right. I'm even want to have bad things. That's good. Well, as we go to the New Testament, the metaphors and the descriptions that are applied to God in the Old Testament are applied also to Jesus Christ, for he is God. First Timothy 1, 1 says, God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope. And I think that's important uh, to, to point out that Christ... Um, is our hope uh, not not just a, an example of hope or he, he he doesn't he doesn't separate it. he doesn't put something in between hope and Christ he says Christ is our hope he's not just the dispenser of hope he is the object of hope he is yeah that's right he is the object of hope that hope is literally rooted in the person of Christ uh, from the Lexham Bible Dictionary this is so good I just quoted the whole thing the New Testament. Uh, the word words for hope. I'm sorry. I think I copied that wrong. Um, are the verb elpizin. I can't uh, read Pretty. Greek very well. And the noun elpis. Both have to do with trust and confidence, the expectation of what is sure to come, and the active, faith-filled waiting for God to fulfill that which He inaugurated by the power of His Spirit. I like that. The word appears in the New Testament only as a verb or a noun never as an adverb or adjective. That is likely because the emphasis is not on the subjective states of mind that we have when we say hopefully or hopeful. Rather, hope in the New Testament has an objective focus. That's good. Basically, to summarize, our hope is objectively on God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hope is not an attitude. Hope is not a feeling. Hope is not that thing that you drum up when you're feeling really, really positive and you're on a big sugar high. Hope is objectively rooted in the person and the promises of God so that even when my feelings aren't there, the hope doesn't go away because it's in God who is stable, who's eternal. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I think that's rich. I love when the Apostle Peter calls Christ our living hope. We sing that song all the time, Jesus Christ, our living hope. Like, that's who he is. Christ is our living hope. And I I think we could break that down. What do we mean when we say Christ is our hope? Well, the whole... The whole point of the New Testament is that by the Spirit, I'm united to Christ, reconciled to the Father, and so who Christ is and what he has done becomes mine. I want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to our episode of Union with Christ, this is the foundation um, of, of our Christian life, that we are now in Christ, baptized into Christ, clothed with Christ. We don't receive these sort of... Uh, detached merits or gifts from Jesus, we receive Jesus. So who he is and what he has becomes mind. And so for hope, 
primarily if Christ has risen again, I will rise again. If Christ is glorified, I will be glorified. If Christ is seated and ruling and reigning, I will be seated and ruling and reigning under him. If Christ is is the son of God reconciled to the father, though he's never separated, you, you understand what I'm saying, in right relationship. Now I am an adopted son or daughter in right relationship with God, that my hope is in the person of Christ because I am in Christ. Does that yeah, make sense? Any, any benefit, any gift of grace, any act it is all because of the relationship and the connection with Christ. You're That's right. right. It's, it's not like I'm saved and I know Jesus, bless me. It's no, I'm I'm saved and I'm in Jesus mm-hmm. and I'm just living in Jesus. I'm being blessed mm-hmm. because I'm in Jesus. It's two different things. That's right. I'm, I'm, I am the branch, and he is the vine, and I am connected. I am in him. I am his, his body, and he is the head. Like, there, it's, I guess we're trying to describe the most intimate union and communion with Christ. Therefore, I have all that he is. You know, some people, I've just got this image right now, I, and I'm a pastor, and I, I feel for people, and I want everybody to be on fire for God and walking. But if you have a tree, I feel like some people are like the little tiny branch, little tiny sprig on the far end of the longest branch, the furthest away from the trunk mm-hmm. and a little tiny. And that's them. It's like they're, they're connected enough that they're in, they're saved, but I never see them go deeper. They only have a few leaves, no fruit ever grow on it. And then you got people that are out here and they're a thick branch that's connected to a bigger branch mm-hmm. and the sap flows through and they got all kinds of leaves. And if it's a fruit tree, the fruit comes off of them. I mean, if if I was if, if I was listening right now, you may just want to say, which one am I? Mm-hmm. You know, am I really am I really connected? Am I connected just enough that I'm gonna miss hell and I'm going to heaven? Or am I am I really like connected where the life of Christ is flowing in me, and I'm like, I'm living this. Like, I'm walking the life of faith, and I'm hoping every day for God to do things in my life and in me and through me. Um, it's a good question to ask. Yeah, that's good. Now, we're going to look at Paul's letters. Um, Paul talks about the hope of the adoptions as sons of God through the redemption of the body. That's in Romans 8. So we're waiting to be adopted as sons of God. Not that we're not adopted now, but what he means is through the redemption of the body, that right now we're in these bodies that are frail, that are broken, their flesh is still sinful, and he's waiting for that day when Christ comes and we rise again and uh, we we are made like him. Uh, we're waiting for the hope of righteousness, Paul says in Galatians 5.5. 5. So I'm waiting for that day which I'm made fully righteous. In Titus 2.13, he says, the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who we are hoping and waiting on the day that he comes back. Paul has hope that he will see Jesus when he dies which is very much better in Philippians one twenty three. So he even has hope for the moment he passes into the next life to, to, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So Paul has, uh, has lived his whole life in hope, 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 waiting for the day when God consummates all of his promises. Yeah, and maybe we just pause right here and put a heading on this and then keep flowing in this. Um, if, if you read the New Testament, by far, the idea of hope 
is most often related to Jesus' return mm-hmm. and all that goes with it. Yeah. The resurrection, immortality, incorruptibility, eternal life, heaven. Um, th- that word is used in that context time and time and time and time again. Um, and I think it's interesting. Let me show you something a little different, a little yeah. interesting. You know how you read the verse? Um, let me go find it. It's Titus 2.13. Yeah. Where you say... Um, Blessed uh, hope and glorious appearing of yeah, our great yeah, let, God and Savior. Can I find it? Just read it here yeah. a second. Um, I get it right here. I'm skipping right by it. Okay, so here's what Titus 2.13 says. Um, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That, that's what he says. Mm-hmm. So it's in the middle. Of, I'm picking a picture scripture out of the middle of some... But I heard somebody say this one time, maybe stretching it, maybe not. But they said the blessed hope is the rapture and the resurrection. The glorious appearing is the second coming when he comes back. Mm, that is interesting. I thought I, I like that. And if that's true, the blessed hope is the hope that we have that Jesus is coming back for us. Yeah. Now, if Jesus doesn't come back and you die, you still have hope. Yeah. That to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and you're you're going to go to heaven and and be with the Lord. Um, but uh, if Jesus came back today, you have the hope, the blessed hope that you're going to go with Him. That's right, and be caught up to heaven, and that is the hope that we all have. Yeah, uh, but but and then I thought anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's great, Paul. Um, primarily, I, I, I kind of captioned this. I think I got this from the Lexham Bible Dictionary. The New Testament is uh, the New Testament hope is both present and future, uh, because Paul places our hope, like you just said, in the future resurrection. Um, he says, "If we have put our hope in Christ in this life only, we are of all people most pitiable. Our hope is that as in Adam all die, so also in Christ will all be made alive." To uh, to think that our only hope in Christ is for the benefit of this life is to make us of, of all people most pitiable. Um, because if to serve Christ is only for the benefit of now, why would I ever do that? Why would I die to myself? Why would I love my neighbor and my enemy? Why would I restrict my own uh, worldly pleasure and all of those things if I'm just going to pass away and never and, and cease to exist? Um, Christian living is rooted in Christian hope that uh, one day all of this will be worth it because I will be made right. Um, well, I think it goes further than yeah. that, too. I think there's there's a little bit deeper. Can I go there? Yeah, for sure. I, 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 and I, all you said is true. I, I agree 100%. I think what takes it down another layer is that I'm walking, I'm in Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm walking in relationship with him. If I died and that ended, that's, that is pitiable. Yeah. That I die and it's over. And I don't have, I can't walk with God because this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And that word know is to know experientially, like a mm-hmm. husband and wife know each other in intimacy yeah. in a lifetime of marriage. So I think that's what Paul's saying even more is that if I had this hope of just walking in the Lord and being in Christ and living the Lord, and then it's going to end, yeah, and it's all done, that's terrible. It's so temporary. Well, it is, and it's just terrible. But thank God it's not the case, yeah. is that when I die, 
it's just a transition from this life into the next, and I keep living. I move from the terrestrial to the celestial. That's good. And I and I move into the from the physical realm into that spiritual realm. Of course, it would come back in the spirit physical realm. But but I move and uh, and I keep on living. I keep walking, living with Jesus now and forever. That's good. That's hope. Yeah, it is. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the effect of hope or. Uh, the kind of the practical a- application. I've got a couple of things, and I know you've got some really good things to share. So I'm just going to write tell you what I wrote down. Just two simple things. Uh, hope has a sustaining effect. When Peter tells us to place our hope in Jesus Christ as our living hope, he's writing to a church in the midst of suffering and persecution. And so Christ, uh, yeah, Christ is our sustaining hope in that this world brings suffering, it brings sickness, it brings uh, persecution and ridicule for being a Christian brings a lot of difficulty and our hope is in a resurrected Lord that because we are in him, we will follow him and life is worth the living just because he lives <laughs> as the song says, but Sounds literally like grace and Bill Gaither should have wrote, wrote a song. should about have, but it, you know, it really, that really is true that this life and all of its pain and all of its suffering and all of its struggle is worth living because we have a future. I remember, I think I was reading, a bit of Leo Tolstoy. I was reading about him back in college or something. I think I had to do that. Anyways, he kind of wagered this idea that if there is no God and there is no hope, this is very graphic, but the most courageous thing you could do is to commit suicide. And he he takes it to its illogical extreme, if you will, Hmm. that if there is no hope, there is no God, if atheism is true, there's no point in going through this life this life sucks. It's it's painful. There's suffering. There's so much hurt. Just get out of it. Just go on with it because you're going to die anyways, and it means nothing. Thank God he was wrong. Thank God. Well, that was his point. <laughs> That's his point. That's his point was that, just it's like— It's not true. It's not true, and, and life is worth living, and it's yes. worth going through this pain and this difficulty and this suffering because there's something on the other side. And so I have this hope that I can get through this. Two, oh, what were we going to say? Uh, Paul calls them light and momentary troubles. That's right. He says they don't even compare to the glory that is awaiting us. Yeah. I, I think something, too, is um, as a Christian, we uniquely recognize this, is that life is worth living even in the midst of our own struggles and our own battles with sin. I think part of the cross that we carry and uh, and and. The, the, the dying to ourself daily is that Christians hate their sin. They want to kill their sin. And it's a constant war, a constant battle every single day. And so once again, it is worth fighting your sin. It's worth dying to yourself. It's worth the Lord disciplining us and shaping us up and killing our sinful desires, even though it's painful, even though we'll fall, even though it's not easy, because we have a hope that this battle that we're, we're waging right now will be finished one day. This is why Paul says in Romans seven twenty four through 25, he cries out, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, that in Paul's own kind of wrestling with his own sin, he's like, I'm a wretched man. Where's my hope? Well, it's through Christ. He's going to deliver me out of this body. And so it's worth living and fighting this sin daily because there's going to be an end to it. Two, there's a purifying effect. 
First John 3, 2 through 3 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet, yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. John basically says, look, there's going to be a day when Christ comes back and we're going to see Christ and we're going to know who he is because we're going to be like him. We are going to be like Christ. And though we don't have all the details right now, what we do know is that Christ is, and when he appears, will be perfectly pure. Therefore, if our hope, if our final destination is the purity of Christ, then we're going to live in that purity as best as we can now because we know the finish line is purity then. And so if our hope is purity from sin and complete and perfect conformity to Christ's likeness in the end, then right now we are going to do our best to look like Christ and live live like Christ because that is the final goal. Hope has a purifying effect. And it even makes me think of Jesus who says, uh, I'm coming back like a thief in the night. Don't let the master catch you sleeping. Stay ready. And so Jesus tells us that if you really and truly hope that I'm coming back one day, you better stay ready. You better stay full of faith in me. You can't live a life of disobedience and sin if you really do believe I'm coming back to judge the living and the dead. So it has a purifying effect as well. I like to term it this way, and if you can imagine a formula the word hope, and then an arrow going to the right, Mm -hmm. leading to holiness. That's good. So hope gives way to holiness. Every man that has this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. And and recently, within the last few weeks, I preached a message about the holiness of God. And and I started, and I I took a text from Peter, the first Peter, I think it's first Peter, and I talked about the classic statement by God, be holy even as I am holy. Mm-hmm. And so it's a command and a calling. And that command and that calling is connected to hope. So that I have the hope of the resurrection, the hope of being with Jesus forever, the hope of serving in the kingdom of God, just keep filling in the blanks. That motivates me to battle sin, to overcome the trials of this life, to not give in, to not throw in the towel, to not shipwreck my faith, to not give up on God, but rather to persevere and push through uh, all the way to the end Mm -hmm. because there's something better waiting for me. And uh, Paul said, um, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So my hope to see the Lord one day has the contingency or or, or that that I have to be holy. That I can't can't enter into his his gates without holiness. Yeah, everything in the city has holy stamped on it. Mm-hmm. The, the, the pots and the pans have holy stamped on it. There's actually verses in the, in the Old Testament talks about that. And, um, and and Paul said that he's that Christ is coming back to present the church to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Mm-hmm. So the church wants to go to heaven. We want to go to heaven. We want When Jesus comes back, we want to be ready. And that means... That hope we have motivates, like you said, to holiness. If our final destination is holiness, well, I'm going to 
I'm going to do my, the best I can to reach that here in this life. Right. And meanwhile, the Holy Spirit is going to do the best he can to help me. <laughs> That's right. And, and it's, you know, work out your salvation fear trembling, for it is God who wills and works. So yeah. I do my part. That's the great thing is I don't have to be holy on my own. God God does the heavy. I heard somebody preach grace does the heavy lifting. Yeah. And they told a story about how their their like little daughter was trying to pick something up, and then he went and helped them. That's what it is when you mention that passage with God and us. Yeah, God. Grace does, and God does the God heavy God does lifting. the heavy lifting. I like that. that that's pretty good. That's good stuff. Uh, I think I'm going to interject here. Um, we've, we've, we've bounced all over this, but... I, I I wish this is an original, but I got this in my study, so and I can't remember, so I can't give the person credit, but I'll just discredit myself about it. Hope-filled people, hope-filled people, which is what we're supposed to be, have three things. They have a joyful confidence in God. Okay, I think we've talked about enough mm-hmm. of that. That's what hope is, but it's a joyful confidence. It's it's a it's an expectation. I'm smiling. God's yeah. going to come through. Don't mm-hmm. again I'm saying the same thing on purpose. It's not if. It's win. Mm -hmm. Okay. Second, joyful people are patient in tribulation and trials. Mm -hmm. And you've talked about that, that um, Peter said, Jesus is our living hope. But hope is what gets you through the tough times, that weeping may endure for the night. That's good. But joy comes in the morning. And that's a hope. Mm -hmm. There's no guarantee joy is coming in the morning, but that's the hope. Not well, in any visible sense. No, but in a spiritual sense, that's, and right. by the prom- that's a promise of God. That's mm-hmm. in the Bible. So I have the expectation that these that the trials will not endure forever, and I'll get through this. And either God will bring me out or he'll bring me through. And when I come through the other side, I'm going to be okay. God's going to bring me out. So I have the hope. So it helps me to be patient and to persevere. And again, not to give up, not throw in the towel. Keep on. Why are you smiling? That's going to be all right. God's going to bring me through. Why don't you curse God and die? That's what mm-hmm. that's what Job's wife told Job. Nope. Speak like a foolish child, woman. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. I don't serve God for what he gives me or what I have or what he takes away. I serve God because he's my God. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. I'm going to use that on Elizabeth next time. You speak like a foolish child, woman. <laughs> tell me, Tell me how that works. Tell me how that works. Especially since she's expecting <laughs> the hormones are going through her I body. I could only hope I would remain alive yeah. after that statement. You'll be sleeping at my house. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be back in your own room. So you have a joyful confidence in God. You're patient in tribulation yeah. and trials. You get through it. And third, you persevere in prayer. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I mean, just think about that. If I have hope, then I'm going to pray. I'm going to keep praying. And that prayer will help sustain my hope. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's that's something. Um I want to, if it's okay, I guess we'll close with this. Yeah. Um, hope is a gift to those who are hopeless. Mm. Think about that. Yeah. If you are hopeless today, what is God going to give you? Hope. Hope. Because you are without hope. Hopeless means I am void of hope. The account, the hope account is zero. Mm-hmm. There's no money in the hope account. God says, I'm going to put money in your hope account. And there's a great story about this in Acts 27, where the Apostle Paul is on a ship. They're taking him to Rome to stand before Caesar ultimately and to witness of Jesus Christ. And on the way, they foolishly sailed at the wrong time of the year, and a nor'easter came down. It's very, very common. It's been happening in the Mediterranean Sea for for centuries. This happens. And it drove that ship. They couldn't see the sun or the moon for days and nights. It rained. It poured. They threw all the tackle over. 
did everything they could. And Paul said that it actually says this, um, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. Mm. They said, we're not getting saved. We're not coming out of this. Yeah. We are going to die. It's kind of like that movie, The Perfect Storm. You ever watch that movie with George I Clooney? I know about it. I've never seen it. Oh, it's depressing because at the end, they all get swamped. So I'm, I'm going to... Sorry if you haven't seen it. Yeah, if you haven't seen it... Spoiler I'm, alert. I'm going to save you the trouble. Is that the boat... There's this classic scene where that little boat is going up against this massive wave that looks like something from a tsunami. And you're just hoping they're going to get over the top of that thing. Well, I'm going to tell you now, they don't. They all drown and die. Mm. So there you go. I just spoiled it for It's depressing at yeah. the end. I'm like, come on. This but whole was, movie. I think it was based on, ah, okay. based on real life. But... That's how Paul and them felt, is that we're, we're going down. Yeah. We are all going to drown and die. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to Paul and said, I'm not finished with you yet. You are not going to drown. You're going to shipwreck. You're going to wash up on an island, and they're going to save you and rescue, and you're going to go. Because I got things in your life that I still want to do in you and through you. It ain't over till I say it's over. Mm. And that is so powerful that once Paul got that word that I have a future and a destiny, his whole disposition changed. And hope will change your disposition. Yeah, it will. And everybody on the, on the board, the ship is still fretting. He walks in and says, hey, cheer up. Don't be afraid. He told them that. So don't be afraid. Cheer up. He said, things about to turn around because the God I served, his angel just showed up and told me, he said, everything's going to be all right. Yeah. And once you get that word from the Lord, that revelation, that's why you got to read the Bible. Go to church when you're struggling, you're frustrated, and when you're hopeless. You think the last place you need to go is church. Go to church. Hear the word of the Lord. Get in the presence of God. Get in the Bible. Read it. And as you read and get a word from the Lord, then you'll say, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. And sure enough, um, God brought him out, kept yeah. his word, and brought him through. And I, I like to say this, as long as Jesus is present and God is on the throne, there is always hope. Mm -hmm. Always. Uh, you may feel hopeless. You may feel like there's no way out. But as long as Jesus is present and God is on the throne, there is always hope. Well, I got news for you. Jesus is always present and God is always on the throne. That's right. So there's hope. Even... Even in death, you know, you pray and you want somebody you loved, a loved one to live, and they die. God didn't fail. Your hope wasn't misplaced, or God didn't dis disappoint you. Um, this world is not our home. It is appointed that a man wants to die. It's it's unfortunately a, a consequence of sin, but we have the hope that even if our loved one dies, I, I've had people recently who've lost their loved ones. Terrible, terrible situations. And I won't go into the details, but terrible. And I said, how are you doing? You know, and, and I asked that question on purpose because I want to hear them respond. I, I know they're grieving. I'm, I'm not being insensitive. But sometimes I ask it because I want to hear the response. And Evan, I get this, I'm okay. You know, I know they're grieving, but they'll say, I have a peace because I know where they are. Mm. I have a peace. I, you don't have me. I mean, I've had, we've had several of our members told me this. I'm talking yeah. about husbands who've lost their wives, fathers who've lost their sons, grown sons, have said, I have a peace because I know where they are, and I know I'll see them again. That's hope. That's right. And, and so as long as there is God, there's always hope. We don't grieve 
like the world grieves because we have hope. Yeah, because we have hope. That's so, good. Isn't it? It's amazing how much we need faith, we need hope. Yeah, we do. Next time we'll talk about how important love is. That's really good. Yeah. Wow. I've enjoyed this. Have you? Yeah, this has been wonderful. Good stuff. Well, look, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, and listening to our, to our podcast. Uh, if you would, give it a rating, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Share it with somebody who needs it. And we will see you back as we talk about love in a couple of weeks.